Hello, fellow patriots, liberty lovers everywhere. Great to have you along as we kick off the most heavily congested and as a byproduct, most heavily commuted hour. No, the other way around. Most heavily commuted and as a byproduct, well, you know what I mean. There's a lot of traffic in the five o'clock fives. <laughs> Great to have you along as we get rolling today. And as always, your input is invited, encouraged, and welcomed. Uh, all you need to do is give me a call. Use the Ingalls Advantage talk line number, 800-347-1063. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line number, 71307. And my email address, as always, bob at 1063WORD.com. And Money Penny informs me we have a special guest on the phone to lead off the Follies today. He is 3rd District Congressman Jeff Duncan, who is joining us this afternoon. Congressman, how are you, sir? Well, Bobby Mack, I'm doing great, man. I tell you what, your last week at WORD on the on the drive hour here, and uh, a lot of us are disappointed, but we fully understand after uh, so many years in the business that uh, you want to spend time with uh, your wife and on the golf course and all those things. I, I would love to hear more about Christmas with Elvis. <laughs> I mean, it, you it, attended it, a Christmas party at Graceland with Elvis. It, I read in it, your in your bio. Yeah, I sure did. Uh, way back in uh, the uh, the 1970s, uh, I was doing the morning show at WHBQ Radio in Memphis, and the fellow who was the program director of the station was a guy named George Klein, who was a very good friend for a long time. He's sadly he's passed on, and and Elvis and George Klein had been best friends since they were together at Humes Junior High School. That's how far back they went. Uh, GK, as everybody called George, uh, actually was the best man at the wedding of Elvis and Priscilla. So they were, they were very good friends, and, and George was always invited to Christmas parties at Graceland. And one year, uh, he invited me. He said, hey, would you like to come over to, uh, to the house, as they referred to it, uh, for, uh, for a little Christmas party? And I said, uh, yeah, sure, I'd love to. So went over and everybody, it was kind of odd because everybody was just sitting around in the living room. And if you've ever been in Graceland, you know that it's an older home and uh, the rooms are kind of small and everybody's just kind of sitting around uh, waiting for Elvis to come down because he, he lived a backward schedule. He would sleep during the day and then uh, get up and do everything that he had to do at night because even in Memphis, his hometown, everywhere he went, he'd be mobbed. So uh, he tried to, to get around in as covert and discreet a fashion as he uh, possibly could. So finally, it got to be, I don't know, 10 or 1030 at night. And uh, here came Elvis down the stairs and uh, the, the party began and uh, it was a, it was a lot of fun. He was he was a very pleasant a uh, very warm and, and very friendly guy uh, th that I got to meet. Wow. You know, I, I, I've listened to you for years. I don't think I've ever heard that story, and i um, glad you got to do that. Well, you're, uh, you're a rock in the conservative movement in the upstate. I don't know what we're going to do uh, without you. I hope Charlie uh, can fill those awful big shoes that you're leaving there at WRD. Uh, Jeff, I appreciate that very much, and, and kudos to you. Uh, for being a rock for conservative principles for liberty and freedom as guaranteed by our founders uh, in their originating documents for this nation. You, you must feel like a lonely voice in the wilderness, given what's going on right now, Jeff. 
I tell you what, I, I've never thought in in my lifetime I would see what is happening right now with uh, the election. And, and, you know, we saw in Pennsylvania, for instance, uh, we saw them stop voting, uh, stop counting the votes, send everybody home, and then during that law continue to count votes or find votes, rather, for Joe Biden to the right. point where he, when the, when the people came back in, he was uh, dramatically ahead. You know, you send people home if you don't want them to see what you're doing. And and that usually means that you're doing something uh, wrong. I remember when I was a banker, I couldn't go and, and count my head teller's drawer or go in the vault and count uh, the money there without someone present who had to count sure. along with me and, right. uh, and sign along that uh, it was verified. But we're going to allow votes, which are very, very important, almost like currency for our, our republic, to be counted by single people or behind closed doors or with sheets of plywood put over the windows so nobody can see what's going on. That just shows you that, uh, that they were doing something that was, was possibly illegal. Yeah, and then added to that uh, the additional insult of the lack of courage from anyone in the judiciary to perform the function that is designed to be done by the courts, which to, is to act as a check and balance when this kind of obvious illegality occurs. And, and yet uh, they, they just say, oh, nothing to see here. Sorry, we're not going to hear this case. Yeah, I, mean, I signed the uh, amicus brief. I supported uh, the Texas uh, case that went before the Supreme Court. I'm you know really disappointed in the Supreme Court for not even uh, hearing that case. Um, you know, our amicus brief did one single thing. It respectfully requested that the Supreme Court uphold the clear authority of the state legislatures to establish the manner by which the electors are appointed and determine right. the constitutional validity of any ballots cast under the rules and procedures established by those public bodies. You know, the states control their elections. The legislatures set the rules. But in Pennsylvania, for another instance, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania basically made law on their own. They overruled... Right what the legislature put forward and created new law and new rules for uh, governing the election. That was wrong. Is it, uh, is it scary to you, Congressman, to contemplate an administration headed by uh, Joe Biden with Kamala Harris waiting in the wings? What scares me is, is I don't think he's healthy, and uh, he's had health issues in the past. And my dad passed away with Alzheimer's. I've seen the signs. Many people that have, have been involved with dementia have seen some of that in him. I don't know that he will make it all four years, and that means uh, Kamala Harris uh, could be the first female black president uh, in our history. And uh, she is very progressive socialist, and that is what's scary is what's waiting in the wings. So, you know, President Trump, I think, uh, got the short end of the stick of this election. Uh, because people did not like him. The deep state was against him uh, ending these endless wars in the Middle East and uh, and changing um, the big government and really pushing back against the rules and regulations that had been instilled under the Obama administration. And they were out to get him from the start with the Russian collusion, still dossier, fights of court, Rosenstein, McCabe, Comey, um, non-military coup d'etat that uh, was originated, I believe, in the Obama White House to try to take out President Trump because they knew he would be better for America than they were. Yeah, it's sad because political correctness, uh, the term that's bandied about so much, is nothing more than cultural Marxism. These people, these totalitarians that believe in this stuff, uh, they plan to control the world. And, and they believe that the proletariat that they support is good. And, and those of us out here in flyover country are bad. And these, these global Marxists, 
want to be in, in total control of everything. It's a frightening prospect. It really is, and and they're going to try to weaken the Second Amendment and your right to keep and bear arms. They're going to limit your speech, which they've already allowed big tech to do with uh, right. censoring on Facebook and Twitter and others. Um, it looks like they may have uh, you know hijacked this election in order to get those folks that they wanted elected in. And uh, you know it was Plato who said we can easily forgive a child who is afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when adults are afraid of the light. Amen. And if we shine the light on this administration that's coming up, if we shine the light on this election, we'll see that bad things happen. They were wrong. They were illegal. Uh, it goes all the way back to Comey and, and the uh, non-military coup d'etat talked about right. with the Russian collusion uh, mess. But, you know, people have been waiting for orange jumpsuits and, and shackles to come out and people to go to jail over what they, they see. Americans have a strong sense of right and wrong. Yes. And they know when things don't seem right, whether it was Russian collusion or this election. And they expect the, the AG of the United States and for the FBI to step in. My question is, where are the white hats anymore? Right. Yeah. And, and it's a fair question, because when the, the institutions of government, the ones that control the levers of power, the ones who are charged with enforcing the laws are themselves guilty of violating those laws. Boy, when we reach that state, we're in big trouble. We really are. And. And we see in the in the legislative branch, we see Nancy Pelosi and, and Chuck Schumer wanting to run things. Our, our prayers and our hopes and our, our work has to be cut out over in Georgia to turn out the Republican vote and make sure that those two senators win. Because if the Democrats win both of those seats, then they right. control all branches of government. And they will uh, make this so that uh, it'll be very difficult if, if Republicans could ever win. Uh, because you'll have senators in, in the District of Columbia, you'll have senators in uh, in a new state called Puerto Rico, right. and they will stack the deck in their favor, and it will be very difficult for Republicans ever to win. They will stack the Supreme Court, so uh, no conservative issues will ever pass uh, in the in the legislatures of the states. They'll be challenged in the court, and it could be the end of the republic. It's a very important election. The other, the other good thing that I see out there, Bob, and you may mm -hmm. have talked about it on your show, is I believe there's 38 state legislatures that are controlled by Republicans uh, across the country. They are the ones in charge of the election processes and election laws. And hopefully the Republicans in those states can uh, can make the dramatic systemic changes that we need in our election system to make sure we have fair and and uh, and, and fair elections, free elections and equitable elections. Yeah, absolutely. Because given the all the fraud that we've seen in this election, it serves as a kind of uh, of. Uh, voter suppression. People already feel as if they've been disenfranchised. And so now, uh, as we go into these January 5th races in Georgia, many, I'm sure, because I hear from people who keep saying, well, what's the point? Why should I bother to vote if they're going to cheat again? Uh, and and that's that really is, is a threat. Well, they're going to try in Georgia, but it will be the most scrutinized, watched, observed election in the United States history uh, in the state of Georgia. We're going to make sure Republicans are going to make sure there are people in every precinct, that every vote's counted. They're going to scrutinize every uh, mail-in ballot, signature verification. Uh, I believe the government over in Georgia realizes they have made some mistakes, and I don't believe they'll make that mistake again on January the 5th. And so uh, it'll be very difficult for the Democrats to steal this election other than people are moving in for the sole purpose of voting, which that's right. a felony of itself, but it yep. has to be proven. So, you know, hopefully folks will turn out and vote Republican and uh, and we can maintain control of the Senate. That's the only stopgap really on our republic. Yeah, certainly is. And and would all that had happened on November 3rd as well. Congressman Jeff Duncan. Congressman, it has been a, an honor 
uh, to work with you, sir, to be at your annual barbecues and to have you as a guest on the show, because uh, you are one of those who are still uh, keeping with the flame of liberty. Well, Bob, the honor has been all mine. You have been a, a dear friend. Uh, you have been a great voice of conservatism. You're somebody that I listen to so that I can make sure that my thinking is right as I go into the halls of Congress. When I'm back in the district, usually in my Chevy pickup truck, I'm listening to the Bobby <laughs> Mack show from 3 to 6 and usually uh, after 6. So uh, you're on my dial. You're going to be missed. And uh, I wish you the best in retirement. And you know uh, you've got my personal cell, I hope, and you can call me for any anything. And we wish you the best of luck. Greatly appreciated, Congressman Jeff Duncan, and that goes two ways. Greatly appreciate uh, your friendship, sir. 19 after 5 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Take a quick break here and then be right back with more as we cruise on here on Tuesday on WORD. Your call's coming up next. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You know, you would think Lucy would leave that football there for her to be kicked just once. Just once. No, not going to happen. In on the text line, Bobby, I've been dreading the day you announced your retirement. We're going to miss you so much, but aren't you going to miss that payola? Uh, yeah, I will, but fortunately, uh, I, I saved up enough from the payola that I can now afford to pay to play golf. So, you know, there's always an upside. <laughs> Kidding, of course. Uh, Bobby, so Georgia will use their Dominion voting machines again, and mysteriously, the Dems will score a come-from-behind win. Fool me, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Dump, the Dominion machines have the U.S. military manage a paper ballot vote in Georgia. I'm for it. 526 as we go to the phones, beginning in Clinton and with Robert. Hi, Robert, and welcome to the show. Uh, Robert, you there, sir? Okay, must have uh, must have lost uh, Robert's call. Tell you what, let's go to Greenville and uh, bring in Cassandra here on the program. Hi, Cassandra. How are you today? Hello, Bobby Mack. I'm doing okay, and it's great to still be hearing your voice out there, and, and, and hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bobby, I'm, I'm calling because when you were talking about um, – the difference between socialism and communism. I, I, I think that um, there might be a little confusion there because socialism actually is um, the advocating a, a collective or governmental ownership and administration of the means of production and distribution of goods. Correct. And, 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 and I was, 
And I was only dealing with the economic aspects of it and not all the others that go along with it, the total destruction of Western culture and society. Right. right. But it is important that they know that it's, it's also a system of society in which there is no private property. Correct. It, it's still it's a, it's a transitional between capitalism and communism. And um, it's, you know, it has a, an unequal distribution of goods and pay, whereas once you get into communism, they have an equal distribution. Um, but this is how I explained it to my children, if uh-huh. I may. Sure. When, when America was young <laughs> and we had, um, we had a whole socialist society in which people were, received everything free, their, their birthday parties, their food, their housing, their work, everything was free. And um, they chose to give that away and take freedom. Those were the people who were slaves. And the plantation owners were their, um, their government, if you will. They mm-hmm. ran their plantation the way they wanted to. Rules were their rules. That's socialism. When you move into a, an area like, say, now the, the government comes in and says, okay, now all of you plantation owners have to abide by these rules. And they pass them down to their slaves. Now you've got communism. Right. It, it really does. It really has a big portion of it needs to be that it's a totalitarian system of government. Yes, it in is. In which a single authoritarian party controls. So I think that's kind of, uh, at least to me, that helped my kids to kind of understand the concepts of it. Because it's, it is very difficult. And I think most people, socialism sounds so friendly. And it is, yeah. it is not. No, it, it is it, very it, bad. You're absolutely right. It is, in fact, a, a uh, an end product of uh, what is referred to as the deconstruction of Western values. And, and uh, that's exactly what they have been tending to accomplish uh, using moral relativism and all the other aspects of Marxism uh, that uh, in their yeah. worldview, our traditional concepts of right of wrong, uh, society, social institutions, everything we believe is wrong and must be destroyed to make the world safe uh, for uh, the proletariat who are at best useful idiots to the ruling globalists, the Marxists. Right. Absolutely. And it's, it's, a, it's a terrifying prospect. And the amazing thing is every place this system has been tried, it has been an abject failure. Uh, the the only surviving remnant would be, ironically enough, China, where they have implemented enough so-called democracy into the economic system to be able to take uh, a a role in the world stage uh, and and boost their economy. But other than that, every other example you can think of: people starving to death in North Korea people killing zoo animals to eat them in Venezuela, the collapse of the old Soviet Union, the list goes on and on. Everywhere this system has been tried, it has been a failure. Absolutely. And, and you know, I know they, that Lenin said that uh, socialized medicine is the keystone to the arc of a socialist state. Right. And um, when Obamacare came in, I'll tell you, I, I had to have Obamacare for a while, Mm-hmm. And um, what I learned from that, from my time in the hospital, was that it was set up to try to um, uh, make anyone who saved their money throughout their lives spend it all right. and become dependent upon the government. Yeah. That was the whole 
system of it. Yeah, it if, was horrible. If there is but, one word, um, if I, there is if there is one word that I can use to describe uh, these two first cousins, uh, communism and socialism, it is that they are both systems of oppression. Absolutely. And uh, absolutely. And and uh, and they will do as they have told us whatever is necessary by any means necessary to accomplish their goal. And that's a terrifying thought. Cassandra, thanks very much for the call. I appreciate it as always. 531 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Uh, Little Annie is ready to go in the news center, and I'm right back on the other side. More of your calls are coming right up here on Tuesday on WORD. As my baby doll Brenda ushers our little 13-year-old West Highland White Terrier, Miss Megan, out from under my feet <laughs> here in the home studio. 538, 22 before 6 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Back to the phones we go. Robert uh, was going to join us a few minutes ago, and then, as uh, quite often happens, unfortunately, his cell phone dropped out. But he's back with us now in Clinton. Hi, Robert, and welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Bob. Hey, listen, it's all right. I was on hold for a while, but I got to eat two uh, granola bars and a bottle of Slim Fast in the way. So Sweet. I, I'm on a diet. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, I got a diet soda in front of me here as I'm eating cookies, too. So. <laughs> yeah, what a diet. Anyway, hey, um, you know, is it any wonder that, um, you know, uh, Manchurian candidate Sock Puppet Joe is uh, in because uh, the two articles that I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you the titles of yeah. um, are quite interesting. Um, uh, a, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, mm-hmm. has uh, planted at least 1.95 million people in the big tech. Yep. Uh, they're citizens. Yep. They're members in the big tech. So is there any wonder you're getting fact-checked? I mean, it, it was revealed before the election that there was a, they found at least a dozen uh, red Chinese nationals working for Facebook. Mm-hmm. But more shocking is the fact that there's an estimate of 8 to 10 million Chinese business people, quote-unquote, with positions of importance in Boeing and BMW and several other corporations that are pulling the strings. Right. Um, but, you know, so um, basically... Uh, They've come to collect their debt that we yeah. owe them, and right. they work their way in. Uh, what might even be surprising or not to some people is at a time in the past, our University of South Carolina had as many as 2,000 Chinese national, not Taiwanese, red communists, mm-hmm. citizens that you and my, your and my tax money was educating. Right. But perhaps the most wild thing is boy trudeau in canada was willing to give the chinese people's liberation army to train with the canadian military in cold weather tactics correct and luckily the maple luckily the maple leaf uh, military uh said no and of course this frustrated boy trudeau to no end because he was counting on the chinese contributions um, uh, why? And the obvious is, well, gosh, they're going to be shadowing America. But the truth of the matter is, they the Chinese wanted to come to Canada 
to learn how to fight the Indian forces in the Himalayas, which I never heard how that mm-hmm. battle, we never heard much about it, but it sounds like it, at least it was a stalemate with maybe the upper hand going to the uh, Indian uh, army. That is uh, my understanding as well as to how that played out. Yeah, so uh, India is the only one, maybe not technically, but man for man that can come close to taking, uh, not just geographically, but uh, personnel-wise, that could take on the Chinese army. And interesting enough, the uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership members, uh, Japan, Korea, are, and even Francis Marcone are now contacting the Indians for a little ace in the pocket for personal, de- you know, for their nation's defense. Right. Um, the, tra- yeah, the Trans-Pacific Partnership has also said yes to Taiwan and a defiant no uh, to membership by the Chinese. Um, all that being said, your callers, Dot, enjoyed the heck out of her last hour. And then you had a fellow that came on and was talking about keyboard warriors. Right. Uh, you could also call them keyboard, keyboard paper tigers. The young folks are too stupid, quite frankly, to have any fear. But the silent majority has been the yellow majority for the past 50 years. And I mm-hmm. think, and I don't mean this to, to come off, we put too much trust and laid too much on Trump than we did in God. Yeah. And there are a lot of people that thought all they had to do was uh, act like the young Republican Party and go to these rallies and shake their pom-poms and go, USA, and they're all that fun stuff. And they never even paid attention that the enemies across the breakfast table at them, the green-haired, goth-wearing, uh, indoctrinated youth were the ones that were going out that were going to be at least lending financial support, whatever, from their alliance, or are going to be the ones that are looking for the free stuff, that want to say America bad, and it's going to eventually be the ones that, when they come for your guns, they're going to be the ones that turn you in. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't want to get too generational, but us boomers and Generation X, we didn't pay attention. Yeah. Uh, like I said, you called before the hour. We let the indoctrination system, the Hillary it takes the village, the child emancipation, right. not just the uh, off-used participation trophy. We ignored them. So they didn't believe in anything. So here comes along the Communist Party like they've done many times or like the Nazis did with the brown shirts. Right. They didn't believe in anything. They gave them something to believe in. And so from our houses of worship down to our basic family life, first and Gen Xers, we've been too busy with our own stuff. We've been too concentrated on, and not to say anything economic-wise, but we, as long as we had a couple of bucks in a pocket and a bigger, in a bigger boat, that was America. Well, look, you know, conservatives, conservatives, Robert, have been busy building lives and, and starting families and building careers and working jobs. And these other people uh, have been doing uh, quite the opposite and have, don't, have, have been uh, designating uh, 90 or 100% of their time to, uh, to anarchy. And, and here we are at the end of the day with this result. But I'll tell you what, uh, they may think... Yeah. 
they may think that uh, they have won the war, but this is an asymmetrical war, and there's more than one way to fight it, and they're, they're going to find out uh, before all is said and done uh, that those of us on this side mean business as well. Thank you for the call, Robert. I appreciate it. I got to run. 14 before 6 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Be right back. Ah, oh, yeah, here comes Santa Biden. He's got free stuff for everyone. All we ask in return is uh, all your freedoms and liberties. Seems like a fair swap, doesn't it? Yeah, right. Eight before six here on the Bobby Mack Show. In on the text line, Bobby, my favorite way of describing it is this. Socialism is where everyone shares the wealth, where communism is where everyone shares the poverty. Another texture says, uh, Bobby, I must correct you here. Socialism is not always a failure. The elite rulers get very wealthy while the rest of the population starve, making it a failure for all but the elite. Well, you look at the old Soviet Union, the members of the Politburo had these big homes on the Black Sea, these dachas on the Black Sea while their citizens, of course, were starving by the millions. Look at how many hundreds of millions of people have been killed by communism. Look it up. The old Soviet Union, probably 200 million under Stalin, sent off to the gulags. Uh, China, probably at least 100 million. North Korea, Lord only knows how many people, Kim Jong, whatever, uh, has starved to death. Incredible. But, you know, those who have no knowledge of history are doomed to repeat it. Back to the phones we go. Eric, I believe, is uh, next up. He is in Spartanburg. Hi, Eric. Thanks for patiently waiting. Good to have you here. Hey, uh, Bobby Mack. Thank you so much for taking my call. And first off, I want to tell you, um, as a young man, when I started listening to you, I'm 33 now, you have definitely shaped the way that your voice and your your reasoning has shaped the way that I've raised my family and how I've voted, and uh, I really appreciate that. Wow, very flattering. Thank you, Eric. That's quite a compliment. Well, thank you, Bobby. I'm just I ain't gonna be able to talk to you again before you uh, leave there, but I really do appreciate it. And, um, on that note, what I was calling about was uh, maybe you've heard. I really don't know if it's even true, but there's a special counsel, uh, maybe a a last ditch from our president to um, get some justice uh, pointed to the Hunter Biden slash Joe Biden fiasco with the Chi-Coms. And your last caller put it brilliantly. He he might be uh, a, a suitable replacement for you, although... The one you picked is uh, is also it's also good, but uh, your last caller was very spot on, uh, very well informed and very well spoken, and um, I'm just I'm just here to tell you I don't have any confidence as of millions of Americans that a special counsel is not going to be uh, inept and they're going to be crooked. Yeah. Um, your thoughts on all that? Here, here is my fear, Eric, and what I think is really going on here. You have to kind of double think these folks on the left uh, because they, one thing they, they are good at is planning out 
uh, exactly what their strategy is going to be and then implementing it. Amazing how the media got their marching orders. Nobody is going to say anything about Hunter Biden and his laptop, uh, the porn that's on there, all the hundreds of uh, maybe tens, maybe hundreds of millions of dollars that he got from Ukraine and uh, and from China, as well as from Russia, $300 million from there as well. Not a peep in the media before the election. Now, suddenly that uh, Biden is our quote-unquote president-elect, all of a sudden the media is very interested in what Hunter Biden was up to. This strikes me, Eric, as being their latest ploy. They didn't really want Biden to begin with, but he was available, and so they used him as a, a cat's paw or a sock puppet, if you prefer. Uh, now that he has won the election, the individual they really want in power is Kamala Harris. So if suddenly Biden is forced to resign because of the scandal involving his son and Joe, the big guy, his own uh, business uh, influence peddling and making money off of that, uh, then this works exactly the way the left would like. In other words, what I'm saying is I think the left is behind the media because they take their marching orders and the Democrats, uh, I don't know, it may sound far-fetched, but I think that's what's really going on here. Bobby, great point. I absolutely agree with you on that, and I've even thought that privately. Um, I just want to make another quick point that maybe um, that everybody's thinking and some people are saying the Wuhan flu, the Chinese virus, from the beginning, mm-hmm. from the very beginning with the WHO and everybody who is the only person who stood against China for years, including right. our Republicans and our Democrats, the sure. only person yep. for years yep. who has stood against these Chinese and has stopped, for one, getting rid of uh, I can't think of it. I, well, I'm sorry, uh, Eric, I'm, I'm uh, going to have to run because I'm up against a hard break for the news. But I absolutely agree. China's behind all of this. Uh, if you're looking for a, a perpetrator, it's China. Stand by. One more hour to go. Bonus hour on the way next here on the Bobby Mack Show. <laughs> 